Hebrews chapter 1. We've been looking at the book of Hebrews together for more than a couple days. We've introduced the, the message, what it is that God wants us to, to take from this, what He wants to give us, what He wants us to see in this book of Hebrews. And I wonder um, to what degree how many of us are entering in to this great high priest, our one great high priest, and how sufficient he is, how capable he is, how needed he is in your life. I believe we could probably read and preach chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3, um, week after week after week, and it would probably, and I mean this with all my heart, it would probably be months from now that people would start saying, oh, 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 that's important. This is, this is tremendous, this truth. I'm beginning to think Hebrews, the book of Hebrews. Just think Hebrews by himself. Think Hebrews by himself. Everything by himself. Everything. Everything in your life. Everything that's necessary. Everything you need. Everything you will ever need by himself. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom we hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. It's just... Wonderful, wonderful, significantly important over and over and over again to everybody where you're sitting right now that he has done this. And it is necessary that you understand, that you acknowledge, that you enter in, that you embrace, that you are glad about the fact that he did it by himself. Here's the problem with you helping him or me helping him for you. Whatever part I would have, whatever part you would have, that part would have got messed up. And it would be incomplete. It would not have been done correctly. And therefore, there would be no justice in our forgiveness. Your forgiveness is justified because it was done correctly. Everything, as, as was just sung, everything that he did was your cross. All the sins he was paying for were your sins. And he paid for them perfectly. You cannot add to that. We're going to see this morning that the Hebrews had lost sight of the purpose of the temple. They had lost sight of the purpose of the priesthood. And they had begun to believe that somehow that it didn't picture something, but that it was by itself accomplishing something. As if, and the same thing is true in America today, as if going to church somehow were adding or helping or completing or accomplishing your salvation. But it isn't. It isn't. 
And if you think that your attending church is accomplishing your salvation, you despise the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses you from all sin. Amen? I'm not here this morning to get brownie points with God. I'm here this morning because Jesus is the Christ. I'm here this morning because he has paid for all of my sins. Amen? I came here to preach that this morning. You came here to hear that this morning. We came here to live that for the rest of our lives. Jesus is everything. 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 Do you want to be involved in that? Do you want to assemble with others that believe that? Do you want to worship him? Do you want to serve him? Do you want to teach children that? Do you want to go down the street and go to the brig and the jail and the union mission and the nursing home? Do we want to be involved in this thing? Oh, yes, we do. We do. But not to justify ourselves. And see, the Hebrews didn't understand that. When, when, when the temple was dismissed, when the veil was rent in half, and they were told, you don't have to go there anymore because God the Holy Spirit will live within you. They wrestled with this. They were troubled by it. If we don't have the priesthood of the Levites, what priesthood do we have? And we do have a priest. We do have a priest. And we're going to see that together this morning. In Hebrews chapter 7, go to Hebrews chapter 7, and verse 2, we looked last week at this. To whom Abraham, speaking about Melchizedek, to Melchizedek, Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation king of righteousness, that's Melchizedek, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. And we discussed at length together, we looked at length together last week, that you can have no peace until you have righteousness. It matters to you the order in which these things are given. You can never have peace with God until you have righteousness. And you will never have righteousness until you receive his righteousness. The very song that was just sung, all of these things that the Lord Jesus did, he did because you can't do it. You deserve judgment. I deserve judgment. It's what I've earned. It's what I keep earning. If you don't believe me, go read Romans chapter 7 again. The good that I would... I don't. The evil that I wouldn't, I do. Oh, wretched man that I was, oh, wretched man that I am. Oh, wretched man that I am. Sin that dwelleth in me continues to wrestle with me, and I keep wanting to, to justify myself with God and keep falling short trying to do so. But the Lord Jesus Christ didn't fall short. Amen? Never sinned. Never sinned. Not in thought, not in action. Never once did he fail. Never once did he fail. And then, listen, and what does he do with that perfect life? What does he do with it? He says to you, I want to trade your life for mine. You give me your sin. You give me your failure. You give me your wretchedness. And I will give you my righteousness. Amen? Now that's a Savior. Now that's a Savior. Not come to church this week and do a little better and maybe you can get in later. That's not salvation. That's not salvation. All of my righteousness is filthy rags. And I'll just give that righteousness to him with all the rest of my filthy rags. And instead I'll take the robe of righteousness that he gives me. Amen? 
Paul said, not being found in my own righteousness, which is of the law, but being found in his righteousness instead. Amen? Amen. King of righteousness, king of peace. In Hebrews chapter 6, I need you to just turn back in my Bible, it's one page. Turn back one page in chapter, to chapter 6. I need you to pay attention to a specific word this morning. It will help you. It will help you to understand what's going on, what God is trying to accomplish. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Circle perfection. It's very, very important. Let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and the doctrines of baptisms and the laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. So in chapter 6, it is very clear that it is the Holy Spirit's desire for the Hebrews that are here being spoken to to leave something behind and go on. Now, what's fascinating is this. It's not saying don't believe the foundations. What it's saying is don't live here forever. Don't live here forever. You realize the average, listen, now hear me. The average good Bible-believing church in America this morning will preach the same message that it's preached year after year after year after year after year. It will talk about two or three doctrines over and over and over and over and over again. Because, listen, to such a degree that it will cause one ministry to begin to argue with another ministry about the fine points of these truths. Yes? No? Yeah, anybody else ever noticed that? Anybody else ever seen that? Anybody else ever been involved in that? You know, while I was going to seminary, uh, two or three different uh, seminaries in this country on the East Coast good schools, we have, we have children from this church at all three of these schools, by the way, were writing letters about each other all the time in their publications. It's what they wrote about, having to do with this or that or this or that and what they believe and what we believe instead of just about the Lord Jesus Christ. Understand? You say, oh, but we got to stand by the stuff. We got to stick to the truth. And we do. And we, and we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. But these, are, these aren't horrible schools. These are, listen, listen, hear me, hear me. If you are not growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, you will become a Pharisee. You will become a master of the law. You will know every little jot and tittle about whatever your special little doctrine is, and you will not get away from it. And, you, and, that's what, and that was the fear. Why is this the fear? Because, listen, hear me. Because some people believe that going to church and fighting about what you believe is how you be justified with God. But it isn't how you're justified with God. Jesus' blood is how you're justified with God. Amen? And by the way, if you believe that, if you will enter into that, if you will live by that, you will be entering into the goal, which is charity out of a pure heart, a good conscience, and faith unfeigned, and you will begin to understand that the letter of the law kills. It's the spirit of the law that giveth life. And you'll begin to recognize and understand what actually matters about the things that God wants you to care about. And what you'll know is this, God wants me to understand that I am guilty by myself, that I will never be successful on my own, and that he is my righteousness. And suddenly I don't have to pick fault with everybody around me because what I'll recognize, listen, this is what you'll find out. You don't like their sin, but you're fine with yours. You don't like their shortcomings, but you will justify your own shortcomings. God is not interested in that. God is interested in me acknowledging my shortcomings, recognizing, oh, wretched man, again, not that I 
was, but that I am. You say, and and listen, we don't have to go around talking about what wretches we are. We don't. In fact, I would say, leave that behind. Stop staying there and start. But, but, so what are we going to talk about? Let's go talk about Jesus. Amen. Amen. I don't need to talk about what a wretch Mitch is. Oh, we all know it. But I don't need to talk about what a wretch I am because we all know that too. Amen. So let's talk about the sufficient Savior. Yes? No? Let us be conformed to his image. Yes? Let God change us. Let us not be transformed by this world. Let us not be conformed to this world, but let us be transformed by the renewing of our mind. How's that going to happen? The word of God dwelling in us richly. Yes? Not for the sake of winning the Bible quiz. Not for the sake of being smarter than the other people. Simply because I want to be conformed to the image of Christ. It's a humility. Yes? It is so necessary. There is no substitute for this humility. There's no substitute for you simply saying, I am not, but rejoicing. And boy, you sure are. Amen? Let us go on unto perfection. That's what we want to see. Let's go to chapter 7. There's so much in chapter 7, I can only introduce a little bit this morning. But I want you to major on the perfection. Let's major on the perfection, okay? <laughs> You'll see how, how that matters and why that's important. Perfection. Now, John read chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. And if you were paying attention, then you started to notice this. Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek, right? Abraham gave tithe to Melchizedek. And I've got to be honest with you. As a baby Christian, as a young Christian, I read this and I thought, so what? What difference does it make that Abraham gave a tithe to Melchizedek? What, what, what is the point? Because, I mean, it's obviously a point. He goes on and on and on and on about it. Now, what he's proving is this. Okay, the Levitical priesthood, yes, Levi is the son of, anybody know? Aaron. Where does Aaron come from? The same family as Abraham, Yes. So what we have here, what we have here is all of these descendants come out of Abraham. All of the descendants come out of Abraham, the the lineage of Abraham. And, And this is the point. Before Levi existed, he was in Abraham. When Abraham was all by himself, having no lineage yet, he gave tithes to Melchizedek. Now, the passage says, now, again, and I'm not, this isn't the point this morning, but it's important that you recognize it. The lesser acknowledged the greater by giving tithes, saying, you are greater than I am. So Abraham is acknowledging that Melchizedek is greater than he is. Therefore, all of the Levites are less than Melchizedek. Yes? No? It's actually just simple math. When we get a board and draw the math up here. Really, honestly, you know, having been an engineer, this is how I actually look at this passage. Okay, this is simple math, all right? All right? Levi is less than Melchizedek. But, the, but listen, listen, hear me. Please hear me. But the Hebrews wouldn't let go of the Levitical priesthood. They wouldn't let it go. They wouldn't let go of the temple. You want to know why? Because going to church was more important to them than a Savior. Do you understand that? That's the application to us today. Going to the right church was more important to their justification than having a priest that could justify them. Amen? Are you there this morning? 
Does your salvation depend upon what you do or does your salvation depend upon what Jesus Christ has already done? But not just what he's done, but what he's doing now. Now, let me just show you two things this morning, two things. One starts in verse 11, which is not where John read because I want to introduce that. Verse 11, if therefore perfection, oh, wait, we were going on unto perfection, circle perfection here. If their perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there of another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? So if Aaron could perfect us, we wouldn't need another priest. But Aaron can't perfect us. Now again, here's the, here's the wonderful thing, those of you who keep track of your Greek words, here's the wonderful thing. The word perfection is the, is the same root word, teleos. It's the goal. Listen to me, listen, listen, listen. Aaron, the Levitical priesthood, could never bring the goal. Going to church can never bring the goal. Amen? Well, you should be happy about this. It's how good I can stay home. I don't think that's what you'll find. If that's what you get out of that, you might not understand the idea of assembling together. But listen, but you don't come to church anymore to be justified. You don't come to church anymore for your gold star. You don't come to church anymore so that you can get brownie points with God. You come to church because Jesus is the Christ. And I want to be together with my brothers and sisters. I want to be conformed to the image of Christ. I want to grow in the grace of knowledge. In fact, I'm looking forward to those discipleship classes. I'm actually looking forward to the discipleship classes, taking the ones that I'm not teaching. I look forward to what God wants to do, changing our lives, that we will be more Christ-like, that, that we will be more conformed to the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, there would be no reason for something else. But perfection is not that way. Now, if you go down a couple more verses, and, and again, you, we're going to come back to these verses. We're going to spend more time in these verses. We're just introducing these verses this morning. But if you go down through this, you will find out that what he's doing is he's pointing out, again, the difference between the fact that Jesus does not come out of Levi. He comes out of Judah. But it's okay that he doesn't come out of Levi because Levi can't save you. Amen? You need someone who ever liveth to make intercession for you. That's what you need. You don't need another priest and another priest and another priest and another priest. You need one that can always be there for you. And that's what we're going to find out. Verse 19. And this is the last thing I want you to circle this morning. For the law made nothing perfect. Exactly same word as in Hebrews 6.1 and in Hebrews 7.11. Now in verse 7.19, we find the same thing. For the law made nothing perfect. Perfect. You will never be justified by the law. You cannot be made perfect by the law. You cannot be. You cannot reach the goal by the law. All right? But notice this. But the bringing in of a better hope did. You might want to circle hope there. In your margin, those of you who know better will already be writing expectation. So the, the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better expectation did. Listen to this, by the which we draw nigh unto God. Amen? How do I, now listen, listen, where does this take us back to? Does this not take us back to the anchor that holds within the veil? Yes, yes, where our forerunner has already entered? Listen, how come I'm going to heaven someday? Because Jesus is already there. Amen? 
What is my hope of heaven, Jesus? How come I expect to get there, Jesus? Everything, Jesus. I expect to go there because he said, I go to prepare a place for you. Amen? Amen? And, if, and, and, and I will come and what? Receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. I'm going to be with Jesus. Amen? Amen? Why? Because Jesus made sure of it. Because Jesus is making sure of it now. Let's read a little bit more. Let's read the last, we'll read the last bit of the chapter here and see if it doesn't help you to understand this. Notice this. Let's go to verse 22. By so much was Jesus made the surety of a better testament. For they truly were many priests, because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Now here's the wonderful verse of all this. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Amen? What's, listen to me, hear me, hear me, hear me. What is Jesus doing? If you're born again this morning, if you're a new creature this morning, if your sins are under the blood this morning, what is Jesus doing right now? Interceding on your behalf. Amen? Yes or no? Better than going to church? Better than earning your salvation? Yes or no? Yes or no? I, I don't want my salvation in anything other than that. I want my salvation secured by the Christ who ever liveth to make intercession for me. Yeah? Anybody ever hear the Victorious Valley Girls song, um, uh, That's My Child? Ever hear that song? Amen? Then a voice behind me whispers, Child, I'm here, you're not alone. Amen? Listen, listen. Have you failed this week? Have you failed this week? Did I hope it broke your heart? I mean, honestly, because it should. We're not meant to live in sin anymore. Sin is no longer to have dominion over us anymore. But we're not perfect. This corruptible will put on incorruption. And I'm looking forward to that. But I failed this week. And when I did, the enemy could point and say he did that. And he wouldn't be lying. By the way, he's willing to lie. But he could point at something that you really did and said, he did that. And the Lord Jesus Christ would say, will say, does say, did say, yes, he did. And I shed my blood for that. Amen. Amen? He ever liveth to make intercession for us. You are kept by the one who died for you. Every moment of every day of the rest of your life here on this planet, if you are saved don't trust in your efforts. Again, ask God to conform you to the image of Christ. May your life be more and more full of good works. Amen? Yes? Yes? Just don't ever try to be justified by those good works. Don't say, Jesus, thanks for giving me a head start. I got it. No, you don't. And you never will, by the way. And you never will. He came because, and, and, and ever lives for you because you cannot perfect yourself. You cannot. But guess what? I can be conformed to his image. Yes? How many of you realize, how many of you are aware of the change in your life that's going on? As you submit and surrender to him, you can, you can even feel, boy, I care about things I didn't care about before. Amen? I tell you, you know what? i got to be honest with you. You want to know when it's clear in my life that I'm not who I was? When I don't get angry. And all of my children can say amen. By the way, none of my children were born before I was saved. Isn't that tragic? Some of them were born after I was pastor. Amen? But the victory 
in my life that God is making manifest now, and it comes back to this, I don't have to be right anymore. I don't have to be right anymore. Jesus is right. Amen? I don't have to be right anymore. I'm, listen, you can argue with me if you want to. I don't want to argue anymore. You can be wrong. Amen? But I don't have to get red in the face about it. Amen? I'm sorry you feel that way. You do whatever you think Jesus wants you to do. I don't know how going to the bar is okay with Jesus, but hey, you go ahead. Just don't go to this church and do it. Amen? Do you understand? We don't have to fight and argue about it. God is changing our hearts. The fruits of the Spirit are not, we can't produce them, but He can. And they are meant to be being produced in our lives. Amen? He able to live to make intercession. Let's keep reading just a little bit more. Now listen to this. Boy, this will give you great joy. For such a high priest became us. We needed him. Okay? For such a high priest. What kind of a high priest became us? What kind of a high priest did we need? Who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices first for his own sin and then for the sins of the people. For this he did once when he offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity. But the word of the oath which was since the law maketh the son who is consecrated forevermore. Amen? Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that simple? It couldn't, it couldn't be any easier. Holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, made higher than the heavens. That's my high priest. Amen? He's not like me. Yes? You want to know why you don't want to go to a church that trusts in the pastor or in the priest or in anybody else? Because they're just like you. They're not enough. They're not enough. I'm not enough. Dr. Hardison is not enough. Dr. Hardison is a godly Wonderful, godly man. You know, how do we see the change that God has made in Dr. Hardison most? In what he will and will not do? No. In his love for his wife. In his love for you. In his desire for the glory of God. When he preaches here next Sunday morning, his desire will be for your good and God's glory. Amen? But he will not be justified by standing in this pulpit, and he wouldn't want to be justified by standing in this pulpit, because then when he fails, he had no justification. Amen? But we see a change. Is there a change in your life? Honestly, is there a change in your life? Or is it just a legalistic, I'm better than you are change? You know what I'm saying? Have you met that guy or that woman? Yes? I, I'm better. How are you better? Well, because I just knocked everybody else down two notches. So I went nowhere, but I'm two notches higher than I was earlier today. That's a lousy justification. Amen? Yes? No? How about, how about I lifted everybody around me as high as I possibly could, and I lost nothing in doing so, amen? Because my justification was in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. My righteousness was his righteousness. Now I'm free to help everybody around me instead of having to try to make myself look better by how I treat them, yes? That's what God wants to give us, that kind of delivery. That's what he wants to accomplish in our lives. This, this is the perfection. Now, we talked uh, weeks ago about going on into perfection, and I want to close with this because it's important. Because that same word, going on unto perfection, the same word perfect here in verse 19, the same word uh, perfect back in verse 11, is the same word, now the end of the commandment. Go there. Turn with me if you would. Turn back in your Bible a couple of pages to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 
chapter 1 and verse 5. This is found in the book of Sound Doctrine. Boy, it's important to you that you recognize that this is found in the book of Sound Doctrine. Sound Doctrine without charity is not sound doctrine. Charity without sound doctrine is not charity. It's important that you understand that. But let's listen to what it says. Now... Now, this is the very beginning. This is the introduction. This is why Paul has been called to be an apostle by Jesus, why Paul called Timothy to stay in Ephesus, why Timothy stayed in Ephesus, that they preached no other gospel. Why? Because the end, or the same Greek word, teleos, the same word as perfection, okay? The same word that's translated perfection, going on under perfection, is the same root word as the word here in verse 5 where it's translated end. So you could read this. Now the perfection or the goal or the end of the commandment is what? Charity out of a pure heart and a good conscience and faith unfeigned. So let me ask you this. Is your relationship with Christ producing this in your life or not? Because if it isn't, your relationship with Christ is wrong. It's wrong. And again, I no longer have to argue with you about that. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, it doesn't become a matter of my, me being able to prove my verses versus you being able to prove your verses because it's very clearly seen in your life whether it's true or not. Charity, love, agape love, out of a pure heart, a good conscience, and faith unfeigned. In other words, the fruit of the Spirit that we find in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Is that what your life is? Now listen, 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 hear me. If that's not what your life is, then you don't have what God wants for you. But let me tell you something. He wants to do it. Do you understand? Please hear me. Don't think you have to produce the fruit of the Spirit because you can't. Just acknowledge that it's not there. Yes? Just acknowledge that it's not there. I need this. Yes? I need this. Love out of a pure heart, a good conscience and faith. I need this. I need this. And by the way, I am more and more grateful for my great high priest that ever liveth to make intercession for me. The more I'm aware of how much I need this, and by the way, the simpler it becomes that I stop fighting about it with him and with you and just let him do it. Amen? Yes? I'll tell you, I'm, I'm honestly, boy would, the world, boy would the world be blessed by churches full of love out of a pure heart and a good conscience, and faith unfeigned. Yes? Yes? Holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. I mean, being conformed to that. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yes? Yes? But not justified by your ability to do it. Justified by His ability to do it in it, in you. Amen? Praise God. So never being justified by your efforts, but having your life being full of good works. That's what Christ wants to do in your life. Say, I want to sign up for that. Honestly, that's what I mean. Honestly, that's the whole purpose of us assembly. That's what I want in my life. I want to be conformed to the image of Christ. I want to be changed. I want that kind of a righteousness, not my righteousness anymore. Amen.